0: morning the Bible reading is from Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 24. Ephesians chapter 6 beginning at verse 24. finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle, Titicus, the dear brother and faithful servant of the Lord, will tell you everything so that you may all know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to
1: God.
2: Well, good morning. It's wonderful to see you all this morning. Let me add my welcome to that given before. If you don't know me, my name's Mal York. I'm the senior minister here, and it's a real privilege to bring conclusion to this uh, sermon series on Ephesians. I hope you have found it as helpful as I have. Uh, Paul concludes his letter here with a final exhortation to stand firm, which, if you think about it, is a bit ironic, isn't it? Uh, He's been saying since chapter 4, verse 1, be careful how we walk as Christians. And now uh, he's saying, stand firm. Uh, Rather than saying something different here, however, Paul is talking about our readiness to face the pressures of this life as a Christian in order that we will remain strong and firm to the very end. Another way of saying it is, are we prepared? I like to be prepared. I don't know about you. I like to be prepared, especially when I go away on holidays. Um, I'm an early packer. Who else is an early packer here? Okay. Who's a a late packer? Who's the night before packer? Okay. That's basically me, early packer, and my wife, last minute packer. Uh, In fact, I'm such an early packer that I've been given an embargo on my family that uh, until two weeks before the holiday, I'm not allowed to start packing. <laughs> but you see, for me, having this time to prepare is really important. It means I don't forget things. I'm often asked when I'm on uh, holidays, I don't know if this is you, oh, Dad, do you have a spare charger? Dad, do you have a battery pack? Do you have, a, do you have any sunscreen? And I'm like, yep, I've got it, I've got it. So I'm, I'm really prepared. It means I'm overweight on luggage. But boy, I'm well prepared. In the same way, Paul wants us to be prepared, uh, and he wants to prepare the Ephesians for living their lives as Christians in this world. He wants to make sure that they are prepared so that when the pressures of this life come upon them, they will stand firm as Christians to the very end. I think this is really helpful for us, and especially in the time that we're living in now. There's pressures for us to move away from the faith. There's pressures for us to conform to the world around us. There's pressures for us to think this is all just too much. Let's give it in. We need to, to stand firm to the very end. Well, let me pray as we come and look at God's word this morning. Heavenly Father, we need your spirit and we need your strength because we desire to stand firm to the end. We desire to walk your ways Father, we recognize there are great pressures in the world around us. So help us to hear from your word how we can stand firm to the very end. And give us your spirit and strength to do so. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the reason that Paul firstly starts off in this final uh, passage in Ephesians to stand firm is because there are pressures in the form of spiritual forces in this world trying to take us away and work against our salvation. Have a look there at verses 10 to 11. Let me remind you of what it says. It says, "Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes." Paul calls for the Ephesians to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and to put on the full armor of God. Because it will help them to take stand against the devil and his schemes. What are the devil's schemes? Well, we know from places like Genesis 3 that the scheme of the devil is to make you doubt the word of God. And through this, undermine the authority and rule of God. Or we also see his scheming in Luke chapter 4. When the devil tries to trick Jesus out of his mission... More than this, in other parts of the Bible, like Revelation 12, we see that the devil is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Or earlier on in Revelation 12, the devil's ways are to lead the world astray. Or finally, the devil is called the father of lies. Putting all this together, we are reminded in God's word that the devil is real and the vicious enemy of God and his people. Paul goes on to remind the Ephesians that at the end of the day, this is who our struggle is really against. See there in verse 12, it's not against the flesh and blood. It's not against other human beings, although it might feel like it at some times because the devil uses other humans as his agents of deception and destruction. But this is not who other human beings are. Instead, we should see other human beings as as victims like us of these spiritual forces who are also in need of saving, in need of hearing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul says there is a real struggle beyond flesh and blood, and it's against the rulers and authorities and the powers of the dark world and the spiritual forces of the heavenly realms. Friends, I think this is really important for us to understand. We need to know who our struggle is really against. Otherwise, we will never know how we are to stand firm. You see, the Christian life is a spiritual struggle. It involves spiritual forces that we not only need to recognize exist, but also learn how to stand against. In the West, this is harder and harder to see. The devil has the upper hand with materialism and hedonism and all the other isms that you can think of that promote the here and now, rather than getting people to think about the spiritual world and what is to come. We focus more on the here and now than what is behind the scenes. Now, we also need to keep in mind here, friends, that we have read very clearly in this book of Ephesians that the victory is already won. Through the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the devil has been defeated. And so Christians, for those who put their trust in Jesus, according to Ephesians 2, have been raised with Christ in the heavenly realms. So our battle has been won in the heavenly realms. Our salvation, per se, is not at stake here, but rather continuing to stand firm as Christians to the very end is. And Paul is making this point. The spiritual realm is a reality that we need to be aware of. Now, the immediate question becomes, how do we know whether something that is happening in this world is as a result of the spiritual realm or not? And the answer is we don't know. Uh, Paul doesn't want us to go and focus on the individual situation. Is this from the devil or not, is it? Rather, he wants us to see what is coming behind everything. We're to know that there is this spiritual realm behind it all. And so we need to prepare ourselves the best way that we can in order to stand firm. And well, friends, this is my next point. How do we stand firm? Well, as we've already seen in Ephesians uh, 4.24, we're to put on our new self. And in a similar vein, Paul says here in verse 13, we are to put on the armor of God. Let me remind you of what it says. It says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. This day of evil that Paul is talking about is the day that we are living in now. The last days, the time between Christ's death and resurrection, and when he will come back again. For us living in these days, we need to put on the armor of God. Notice whose armor it is, first and foremost. It is God's armor. It's not our own armor. We're to put on the things of God in this way, to be strong in the Lord, to be mighty in his power. And in this way, we can stand against these spiritual forces of the world because we know that God has already won the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we clothe ourselves with him, we're clothing ourselves in in the victory that he has already won. What is the armor of God? See there in verses 14 to 17, the, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, feet of readiness from the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Paul is using this imagery of battle clothing to remind people of the qualities through being in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ will help us to stand to the very end. I do have a few friends who have been in the army before and there's some things they would never go into battle without. And so I asked the question of the internet, what does a soldier carry into battle? I found a very interesting contrast between what a soldier might have taken, say, in 1066 AD for the Battle of Hastings. It's not a huge amount there, but I guess you've got some weaponry there that can relate to what we read in the passage, to what a soldier takes into battle these days. It's quite a lot, isn't it? How times have changed. But the point of this is, a soldier goes into battle prepared. For the Christian, we need to be ready for this spiritual battle. And so Paul is urging the Ephesians, to focus on truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the Spirit, and the Word of God. Now, while I would love to delve into each of these, we do not have time. But Paul is urging people, what he's urging people here is to stand on the same convictions that they became a Christian by. I think this is really important to understand. Paul is saying to the Ephesians, you know those convictions that led you to putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, in order to stand firm, you stand on the same convictions. Our greatest hope in the spiritual battle against the Lord Jesus Christ is the gospel, the one that saved us and the same one that helps us to stand firm. There's nothing new or extra that we need to know in order to be prepared for the battle. There's not not an extra special revelation that we need to know in order to stand firm as Christians in our lives. Rather, we focus on the same gospel that brought us to Christ in order to grow and stand firm as Christians. And this is the message we've seen throughout this series, haven't we? Especially in chapters 1 to 3 of Ephesians. It is the same gospel that we're saved by. It's that same gospel that we keep on walking in. It's the same gospel That will help us to stand firm to the very end. But we need to be constantly reminded of this. The way to stand firm is the same way that we have been saved. To resist the lies of Satan, the unrighteousness of this world, to achieve real peace with God, we are reminded that we are to stand on the foundations of our faith and our salvation, which comes through the Spirit and the Word of God. And for those who do this, It gives us wonderful strength to stand despite the attacks of the spiritual world, despite the attacks of the world, the flesh and the devil. In 2015, 147 Christian students were killed by an Islamic extremist group in Kenya. And their humble and courageous Archbishop, Eliud Wabakala, I don't think I pronounced that correctly, but he responded in this way. We will never surrender our nation or our faith in Christ to those who glory in death and destruction. We will not be intimidated because we know and trust in the power of the cross. Friends, we don't, we don't face anything like this, do we? But how, what a wonderful example of someone who is standing firm and I hope is an inspiration to us all. But the obvious question to us now is, how do we put this armor of God on? And the answer is through prayer. This is my final point. It all starts with prayer. Have a look at there at verses 18 to 20. Remember that this is a spiritual battle. And so we must come to the Lord of the universe, who is, who is the Lord not only of this world, but of the spiritual world as well. And we need to come to him in prayer. We need to be praying for each other and for ourselves. Notice the language there in verse 18. Uh, Pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. We need to be praying for ourselves and each other that we will be alert. What, What does it mean to be alert in prayer? Well, I think it has a few meanings. I think being alert is to pray with expectation, Pray knowing that God is listening and desires to answer our prayers. So be on the on the alert for him to answer our prayer. Uh, secondly, being alert is being ready for opportunities to pray for things. I'm pretty confident, and I hope you would agree, that there is nothing that we can't be praying or praising God more for. If we're alert and looking for opportunities to be praying and praising God, we will do it more, won't we? And then thirdly, Pray for these armor of God. Pray this for ourselves and for each other. Repent when we forget to use them and pray that God will give us strength to live by them. You see, prayer reminds us that this is a spiritual battle. It recognizes that God has won the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ and only he is our real strength and shield and it's only through him can we stand firm in the faith. Friends, we need to come to him in prayer. Paul goes on in verse 19 to ask the Ephesians to pray for him and for the spread of the gospel message. It's interesting, isn't it, that Paul wants prayer for him to fearlessly make the gospel known. I don't know about you, but I find this quite strange. Whenever I read about Paul, I think he is is not full of fear at all. He just goes out and come what may. It never comes across that maybe he does have fear himself. Maybe he does struggle in the ministry that he's doing. And if we read about his life, his life was constantly threatened. For him, there is a real cost in preaching the mystery of this gospel. It sounds like an important prayer, isn't it? To be praying that Paul would not be fearful. I wonder if we are willing to pray that for each other, that we would not be fearful so that we don't become so blasé about this wonderful gospel that we have. Nevertheless, he prays that he will proclaim it and wants prayer that he will proclaim it faithfully. Friends, are we praying for each other in this way? That we will declare the gospel faithfully, not just with our lips, but in our lives. Well, friends, let me conclude Paul concludes this letter by speaking about Tychius and the news that he'll bring. Likely he's also going to bring this letter that Paul is writing now and also a blessing of peace, uh, of love and grace. It's a really suitable finish to a fantastic letter and a suitable finish to this wonderful series. We have been reminded, haven't we, of the wonderful gospel, the message of the life, death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and God's plan of bringing all things under the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have seen Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. And we've been challenged to be praying for each other in this way. We've been challenged as to how we're walking in Christ, in our churches, in our society around us, and in our household, in in fact, in all areas of our lives. And finally today, we've been reminded of what it means to stand firm as Christians. There is a real spiritual battle going on. We need to put on the full armor of God. And to do this, we need to turn to him in prayer. So let me do that now. Heavenly Father, we come before you longing to stand firm and so needing your armor, needing to put on you. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will so work in our lives that you will help us to stand firm to the very end. We pray this for your sake and glory in Jesus' name.
1: We do, we do have a time for a few questions. Um, and uh, I, I should say, by the way, when you start to search on the Internet for things you need to go to war, you should expect a phone call from ASIO at some <laughs> stage. Um, um, so first, the, the first question... Um, sorry, I didn't mean to distract attention. But it did make me surprised. Um, is the armour of God all one thing? with different aspects or does it have different parts that have to be put on piece by piece? What do I have to put the armour on? Uh,
2: question. I, I say it's a package with individual parts. <laughs> so pray for it all, put it all on, but there might be different areas uh, of those that you might be asking God to help you work specifically on. Uh, I would say don't focus on just one thing, uh, focus on the whole armour, but if you're seeing a chink in your armour get
1: prayer and ask for that. So if I can paraphrase the the next question, Um, the the armor of God, so I think you explained the armor of God was there uh, to protect us against temptation, But, but it also suggests a more assertive form of Christianity, that it's not just that we should protect ourselves from temptation, but that somehow we should fight back
2: well, I think definitely against the spiritual forces, so we want to be proactive in not getting ourselves into the position where we 're leaving ourselves vulnerable against the spiritual forces so i wouldn 't say attacking against flesh and blood, so I certainly am not uh, saying that at all but if we' what is proactive is proactive against standing firm against the devil and his works, and so making sure we 're um, we avoid certain things that might be making sure we're proactive about uh, blind spots and so praying that god will help us to be strong in other areas and things like that
1: i've got a, a, another question here are some individual events from the devil um, and the example given here is a family member in a car accident
2: sure. uh, i've I, I only said one line about that in my sermon but i'm trying hard to say no let's I don't think Paul is saying, let's look at different individual events and say, is that from the devil or is that not from the devil? Uh, the answer is from places like Job, we don't know. We don't know what's going on behind, but we, what we need to know is there is this spiritual realm uh, and so don't try and read individual events into it, but just know that that spiritual realm is there and the job of the devil is to try and take us away from salvation. That is his biggest goal. Okay, and so we need to put the armour of God on it in order to stand firm to the very end.
1: Well, thanks. I think we've run out of questions and time, so thank you very much. I think we've got Dave now to lead us in prayer.